Radio Newark, the home of Radio Newark Sport. Weeknights from 7. Radio Newark Sport. Brought to you with Smith's Timber Merchants. For all your fencing, decking and DIY needs on Appleton Gate, Newark. Visit smithstimber.co.uk. Well, we should have been talking Newark Indoor Bowls tonight, but unfortunately um, our man has been unavoidably detained. So instead of Indoor Bowls, we've got Tony Smith talking. Yes, I'm glad you might was down for that one. <laughs> I think everybody gets the gist of it. We're going to catch up with Newark Athletic Club and the Twins. We're going to catch up with the Striders and Graham. And we're going to try and find Adam Holland as well, who can tell us everything about that epic run that he completed. But before we do all that, let's have a look at what some of the young names have been doing over the weekend. Pocket Rocket, Amelia Crispin, started the new triathlon season. The Lincoln Tri at Lincoln Tri Club at RAF Scampton, with a, obviously a first place finish in the 13 to 14 category. But the big news is that um, her seven-year-old sister, year seven sister Evangeline, has also joined the multi-event race circuit. So we have a pocket rocket and a mini pocket rocket on her hands. Evangeline coming home third on debut. Hmm, bit of family feud in there, I can see. The Newark Triathlon members had their first out in the season at the Grantham Sprint Triathlon. Jason Cobb competed 400 metres swim, 10 mile bike ride and a 5k run in just over the hour while Wynn Thomas completed his first ever sprint triathlon in 1 hour 24. A brilliant effort from them both. And a great set of results um, from Newark AC at the Lincoln 10K with Chloe Hubbard once again in supreme form. I'll let the twins tell you all about that a little bit later. Congratulations to former Newark youth member and rugby club member Johnny Law on helping England under-19s to a 31-15 win over Wales. At Bridgend, he even got on the score sheet with a first-half try. Fernwood Saw Club's Ethan Dakin won the under-12 at the Northern Youth Civ, um, Series, while Ethan Aitken, Arthur Aitken even, get it right, Arthur Aitken, had a great result in the under-13 section, missing out on a medal by two points, would you believe? And April Senior Men's Foil rankings are out, and Ed Owl will come up in 23rd place. Take out the non-GB fencers, Ed Owl is now the 18th Senior Best Fencer in the GB and remember he started at Fernwood and he started on this radio station BMX rider Finley Cranny's raced really well in his qualifying rounds missing out on the A final but a third place in the B final for our young star and there's even more to come in a minute I left this one Tony because Rhiannon Nolan Davis a young lady that's been in here cricketer at Farndon She's made her Knott's Ladies debut against Warwickshire huh. on, on Sunday. So, um, Farndon's got another one in the on the county circuit. So, that's absolutely fantastic. And, uh, well, well done to Rhiannon. Yeah, well done because it's a fine team she's got herself into. Um, when Gary Lambert was uh, coaching Knott's Ladies, they uh, played a lot of their games at Elm Avenue. 
and some of the cricket is outstanding. It's as good as any men's cricket you'll see locally. And uh, she's a she's a cracking little player and a cracking bowler as well. So. I think you know. It's a very, very dodgy area to get into when you're an opinionated Yorkshireman. But when it comes to ladies' sport, cricket is the only one to me where there's no difference whatsoever in the intensity and the quality and the skills on show. And uh, that's no detriment whatsoever to ladies' sport in any other field, but cricket is the one where it doesn't matter. I'm letting you run with this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's it's just if if you're going to watch ladies' sport and you go to watch cricket, it's every bit as fantastic as anything that the men have got to offer. I the um, we could get in serious trouble here, couldn't we? Oh yeah, it very um, is. That's why I brought it up. We've got. I'm going to back. <laughs> I'm going to back the rugby play because I've seen Premier Division ladies rugby. And there's nothing asphalt, there's nothing given. It is it is everything. Um and and that is, is well worth I do think the footballers are the ones that's lagging behind. I watched the game on television the other night. No. Hmm. And that's England playing. I, I think the, the footballers have got a cricketers as you say. I could watch the cricketers and I could watch the rugby players. Footballers I've got a bit of work to do. I would rather watch Knott's Ladies than any club cricket that I've ever seen at any level in this county. Knott's mm. Ladies are outstanding. When you see them play the correct shots and the ball whistles out into the field and somebody is there in a flash and bangs it straight over the stumps into the keeper's gloves, there's no difference whatsoever. They're just prettier, that's all. <laughs> and and um, one lady cricketer, which um, I'm trying desperately to find the email, um, Eden Tranter. Yeah. Been in the studio. Um, the ex Bolton overseas player, um, and I'm going to get this wrong, I know I am, Asku Fernando, uh, Fernando, um, a Sri, Sri Lankan, um, just after Christmas, was actually hit by a train. Really? Um, he's been very, very poorly. In fact, they didn't think he would actually pull through. Um, and Bolton, being the good people that they are, um, are remembering him, and they're doing some fundraising hmm. um, for him. Um, there's a fundraising event at Bolton Cricket Club on Sunday, the, the 5th of May, um, a games night, because um, apparently when he was over here for his, his summer, they couldn't get him off the pool table and the darts board. Um <laughs> So Bolton are going to get together and um, <laughs> and have a game tonight, and everybody's welcome to go along, and more to the point, everybody's welcome to donate a prize. Um, Eden will be coming in here sometime before the event yeah. to have a longer chat about it, but uh, um, we do obviously wish, we wish him well, because it, it must... Yeah. We talk about overseas, and I've got David Parches in here in a couple of weeks. I'm going to start talking about cricketers, obviously. And we talk about overseas professionals and how they come over. We never talk about our difficulties for them to integrate into our way of life because you've got this Sri Lankan, Indian, Pakistani, used to the warm, warm weather, not sort of standing out in the outfield at Bolton playing field in May with about five 
I, I have jumpers a, on. I have a wonderful story about um, a great, great lad who came over from Sri Lanka again. I think um, Baldwin have got some sort of link. Sure, there's a Sri Lankan family where one of the young lads plays for Baldwin, and therefore the families have got together and Baldwin have got a good. There's, there's a great link between them. Um, between Baldwin and Cece and and, uh, and the stars of Sri Lanka. And Melinda Warner-Pura came across <coughs> to play for Baldwin. It was an absolutely lovely lad. He actually gave me a Sri Lanka shirt uh, that um, he'd, 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 he'd got while representing uh, one of the age group sides. And... Um, they must be very small lads because it was very tight on me. But anyway, so uh, Melinda came across and on it, it made his debut for Bolton and uh, somebody said uh, in the early part of the uh, proceedings, where's Melinda? And they couldn't find him anywhere. And somebody wandered into the dressing room and there was a bundle of pullovers in the corner. And as they peeled away various pullovers, eventually they found Melinda underneath going... <laughs> <laughs> It was it was a fantastic lad, and also a headline writer's dream. Walking in a Melinda Wonderland, it was it, it was used several times over several summers. <laughs> but you know, we expect him to come over and score a thousand runs and take sixty wickets. Yeah, yeah. What we don't take into consideration is they've got they're living in a strange house, doing mm. a strange job, freezing, which is strange people that they probably can't understand. There was certainly would meet a lot of strange people playing for Bolton, but um, you know it's it's just um, it, it's 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 a fantastic learning curve in anybody's maturity growth. You know, if if, if you go to a foreign land and have to cope for yourself, then it, it doesn't matter whether it's a Sri Lankan coming to Bolton or whether it's you know me going to. Australia or something, all of a sudden you haven't got your mum and dad there anymore, you haven't got your close-knit family around you, and suddenly you've got to make your own way. And there's some cracking stories about footballers who have gone to various far-flung lands, and all of a sudden they've got to learn... You know, they start off maybe on beans on toast and sort of curling up at night alone in a sort of dark room, but quickly they assimilate, and they just learn about growing up very, very fast... You know, you can almost, and, and, until the last, even now, really, you're on two hands of British superstar footballs that's gone abroad. Yeah, yeah. John Charles was probably the first. Dennis but, Law. Yeah. Turin. But my... my Le that, Lineker. But my, there's not that many, is there? But my favourite was when Ian Rush went to Juventus. For a very, very short period of time. He was only there for a season if he lasted that long. And uh, Ian Rush, fantastic goal scorer. I, I watched him um, in his very young days when he played for Liverpool at Bradford City in the second round of the League Cup. And Bradford City drew against uh, Liverpool at, uh, at Valley Parade. And Ian Rush's first touch was absolutely awesome. It gave him four or five yards on his defender because his first touch was so immaculate. But anyway, Ian Rush went over to uh, Juventus for a very brief spell, and when he came back, I say he wasn't blessed with too many brain cells, the lad blessed him, but he came back, he said, it was like being in a foreign country. 
yeah. Huh? We don't seem to go abroad and do no. it abroad, but we expect the others to come to tours, don't we? Yeah, but um, there was a very interesting um, conversation that I overheard the other day about um, what's the best league? Is it the Premier League, or is it, or is it La Liga? And uh, how many La Liga stars at the peak of their game come over to play in the Premier League? However, you know, there's a stack of uh, you know people go over and are lured by the likes of Barcelona and Real Madrid to go and play over there, and yet we say the Premier League is the best in the world. I think the Premier League is probably the hardest league in the world. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even though in Spain you've got the top two and Valencia and Atletico Madrid and not a lot more, Yeah. here you can go, well, the bottom club can beat the top club. Well, I mean, if you... if it's all his field. If, if, if you're playing for Real Madrid... And you're playing against Barcelona, you know you're going to be in a good game. Having said that, Madrid's been beaten by the bottom in the league this season, so yeah. that's probably out the window. Or if you get a local derby against Atletico, you know, fair enough, it's going to be tough. But, as you say, you can get a game against Cardiff City, a game against Bournemouth, you can get a game against Burnley. And, and you know, I mean, anybody in the English Premier League can give you a hell of a good game. I mean, it'll be a contest. So you've got to be on top of your game all the time. But you've got the situation last night where Eden Hazard has been, uh, you know, just that first goal he scored against West Ham, absolutely unbelievable. He went past five defenders. Is he, is he the best of the rest? Yes. Obviously, there's two miles in front. Yeah. Is he the best of the rest? Yeah, without a doubt, and he's 28 years old. So he's got four, five really, really top years. And, and he's going to Madrid. Is going. Yeah, but if you played for Chelsea, I mean, that cup final was an embarrassment to how much of a control Sarri has got over that team. You know, they beat West Ham last night, but you and me could beat West Ham, so that, that's no great shit. I'm going to get my chance on Saturday. Left, <laughs> yeah, back, yeah, left, left back. Fill <laughs> the forms in. Yeah. I mean, got booked when the winger fell over his Zimmer frame. But the, um, I really do think that. Um, if you've got a choice between Chelsea and Real Madrid, you'd go for Real Madrid every time, even though Real Madrid are going on past glories. OK, they're very, very recent past glories, but they are going down the pan at the minute financially. And, Maybe uh, with the exception of Manchester City, you'd go for Real Madrid every time, wherever you are. <sighs> I, I, even I, Man United in the pump. Ronaldo couldn't wait to get, out, get to Real Madrid. I'm really looking forward to the match which follows us, because... Tottenham Hotspur against Man City tonight. We're going to find out. Are we the warm-up for that, then? We are. I, I don't think it'll be as good as us, obviously. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be a massive, massive test. And we're going to find out whether Pochettino is actually very, very good or whether it's a case of the Emperor's clothes with that lad. We'll find out just how good he is tonight. We know how good Man City are. People say... Tottenham Hotspur are very Spursy at times, and they could, they could. I mean, Tottenham themselves. That means they'll kill up and die at some stage. Yeah, to Tottenham themselves. It doesn't really matter, but we'll find out tonight how good Pochettino is. 
whether Manchester United and Real Madrid would have benefited from his services or whether he just is a bloke who can't convince his board into spending any money and hasn't won a trophy. And that's where it's all going to go wrong every single time for Tottenham because Levy is a... Um, I don't know what the word is. Power mad. Dictator. Yes, but he's also not going to make himself financially... put himself in financial trouble, is he? No, I Now, mean, is that... I'm going to the Twins in a minute, but uh, come back to half past seven for this one. Is that common sense? Because I'll take this one straight back to Mike Ashley, who the poor man's lost some money today. I'll take it straight back to Mike Ashley. <laughs> no, it's, it's no good. I can't get any sympathy up for Mike Ashley, sorry. <laughs> but Ashley and Levy, and possibly the Arsenal board, will not bankrupt their clubs for the sake of success hmm. is that right or is that wrong if Tottenham's got this fantastic magical new ground and that means they can't go and they can't go and spend 80 million because let's be honest 20 million quid now buys you an average player so you've got to pay 50 million plus for somebody who's going to walk into a top six side and improve them if they haven't got it to spend because it's all been plied into this super-duper grand. Can you not spend it? Answer that one after we've spoken to the twins. OK. I've been looking forward to this because this is going to be one heck of a cracking report, a fantastic day out at Lincoln on Sunday for the yeah. members of Newark AC. And there's only two people that can tell us about it, of course, and that is the twins, and they was racing themselves. Lauren yeah. and Tilly, it's all over to you. So, before we start with the 10k, we've got some other competitions from a few weekends ago. So, we've got a great start to the track and field season for Chloe Hubbard with a, a good time of 17 minutes and 2 seconds in the 5,000 metres. And also, well done to Zoe, who competed in the um, Scunthorpe um, Athletics Winter Warm-Up event and got a bronze in the 150 metres, a silver in the 80 and a gold in the long jump. And also, well done to Trish, who competed in the Masters World Indoor Champs in Poland and achieved a silver in the hurdles and a bronze in the high jump. And then we have the uh, also huge well done to Zoe, who competed in the Sharmwood Open on Saturday and she had three PBs with 12 seconds in the 70 metre hurdles, 14 seconds in the 100 metres and 29, 29 seconds in the 200 metres. And then Josh Clee got a PB and triple jump of 7.87. And he and that was also a club record. And he got a 13-second PB in the 1,500 of 5 minutes and 2 seconds. Tom Evans ran in the 400 metres and got 50.13. And Luke Sayer did pole vault and got 3 metres 10. 1,500 metres and got 4, meters, four minutes 58 seconds. And Javelin with 33 metres. So well done to him. And before the 10K, we had the younger ones who did the Lincoln Junior 5K, um, and that was on the Saturday. And so a well done to Connor and Hayden, who ran in 1939 and 1940, respectively. And then uh, we had a younger member who came first place in the Lincoln one and a half 5K in a super quick time in um, six minutes and seven seconds. And then... On the Sunday, we had the 10K, 
and a lot of people from Bill Training Group had massive PBs. And one of these was Chloe Hubbard, who came second place in a time of 34 minutes and 35 seconds. And Oliver Crampton, who got a cracking time of under 40 minutes of 38 minutes and 44 seconds. And he was 112th place and got a huge two-minute PB. Um, Thomas, Thomas Hubbard came 79th place with 37 minutes, 18 seconds. Aaron Goulding came, got 37 minutes and 51 seconds in his first 10K. And Ed Book had a cracking race and came overall 12th place in just 32 minutes and 58 seconds. And Becky Gallup was running for the two and she had a superb time of 42 minutes and 56 seconds and she's six months pregnant, so she did really well. Um, Celia Davis got 49 minutes 47 seconds. Um, Ella got 50 minutes 16 seconds. Me and Lauren got 49 minutes 57 seconds. So Briss got exactly the same. And Dad, or Gareth, did not finish because he pulled his calf halfway round. And yeah, and that's everyone. So a really good race from everyone. Uh, this poor child of Becky's will, will be giddy. <laughs> yeah. It's been bounced up and down, isn't it? Terrible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, I've got to admire it's fa- it's, it's absolutely fantastic. Talking to somebody at work and he said, "My husband finished it in forty-seven minutes." I says, "Well, that's five minutes quicker than a six-month-old, <laughs> a, a, a six-month pregnant lady." You know, it's, yeah. it's just unbelievable. But Chloe Hubbard, um, my spice told me that puts her in the top. 20 in the country at 10k she is flying isn't she yeah she's doing really well yeah and was that your first 10k between you then no it's our third lincoln 10k we've done it last year and then we did it the year before as well so do i assume you had to stick together then because you've not got dad to show you the way around <laughs> yeah yeah we've got to you know run holding hands and yeah, to make sure we're safe running round. <laughs> the instructions was, <laughs> hold hands and don't cross the road. No, yeah, don't cross the road. Stick together. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Girls, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. We'll t- I think we'll talk to you again next week because I missed you last week and I can't be doing with that. So, um, <laughs> um, we're back next week. All right, see you later. Thanks, bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> They are gorgeous. Oh, they really are. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> Becky Gallup. Oh, jeez. I mean, <laughs> you have no idea. I mean, I have no idea, but I assume it's. I it, have. It's safe. I, I mean, she, I mean, she's obviously. I know. I, exa- mean, I know what, exactly what it's like if, if you're only <laughs> six months pregnant, or if you look as though you are. It's not easy. You've got a hell of a weight to carry around with you. But uh, I mean, it's. Uh, it is just a staggering achievement, isn't it? I don't know if it's bound to be safe. I don't know the the biological details. I actually got thrown out of biology at a very early stage for laughing about a giraffe. But uh, that's another story. But it's, it's just basically... Um, You've got the brass neck to do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's... Um, I, there's, there's, there's something physically that that keeps the baby in but um i don't know how long she can compete at six months dear me uh, she's absolutely she's absolutely fantastic okay um to change the subject slightly you know when you <laughs> were sort of um having a dig at women's sport at the start of the show i was having a dig um at all well it sounded I, I, I was just saying how good cricket is <laughs> um 
at the same time, I got an alert come up because you know I'm I'm lifeboat mad, and I get alerts when Cornish lifeboats are launched. The same time as you were sort of wavering in the sea, wanting help. The same time as lifeboat was launched, so they're obviously looking for you. Okay, oh, we, we 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 can't let that one lie. How, how and why do you get alerts when lifeboats are launched? Because I'm a member of the lifeboat. I, I like that, that's one of my little hobbies. Hmm. I support them and um, I think they're the bravest bunch of people that oh, is out God, there, yeah. and uh, they yeah. deserve all the support that they can yeah. get. But, um, things but like I'd where I go on holiday, it's just of interest to know when they're out. I thought, I thought, I thought you meant you're on sort of standby, like, you know, you have, no, to, you, 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 you have to dash off there, I was going to say. you have to be within about ten minutes of the lifeboat station, not ten hours. <laughs> which, is, yeah. which, which, which is a pity. He'll be there when he can, love, just try <laughs> and hang on. Just um, hold on, oh, hold on a bit longer. <laughs> We will get there, but while you were sort of floundering, they've, they've launched the lifeboat to try oh. and help you. Oh, well, that's, that's very kind. Right, we were basically saying that um, the likes of Levy and Ashley and Arsenal, whoever they are, running that show. Um, yeah, but I mean, Huddersfield Town uh, are dead and buried, and there's only Derby apparently have been relegated sooner from the Premier yes, League. But I think the owners of Huddersfield Town are mega rich now. But, yeah... But they haven't spent the money they've accrued from playing in the top flight of, of English football, and so they will go down in the Championship with a fair old whack of lolly, plus the parachute payment, and be in a very strong position to mount uh, well, I think when a challenge Newcastle, to come back. When Newcastle get, went down, they got about £70 million for finishing third from bottom, or mm. whatever it was, plus the parachute payment. But, I mean, you've got the contrast there. Which gives you one hell of an unfair advantage with everybody else in that division. Yeah, but you've got the contrast there of Fulham, who've gone down with them, and they've spent £100 pounds. Spent stacks on rubbish. The team that was good enough to get them up and play some damn good football mm. wasn't good enough to keep them up, so he brought in second-rate mm. foreigners. Yeah, but... They, the, the promotion side got slung out with the bathwater and, um, you know, they brought in, as you say, second-raters to replace them. Well, they got what they deserve, haven't they? Yeah. Quite frankly. Although it is a great football club, a great, great football club and a great football ground. A wonderful place for them. It's almost the last of the old-fashioned yeah. grounds in and around the top flight, isn't it? Yeah, but I mean, if you can walk to a home match every other week alongside a river and and, and on on a, on a hopefully a lovely sunny day, there's a wooden stand with your yeah. name, yeah, it's, your club's name written across it. I mean, oh, it's a, it's a gorgeous ground. I was very fortunate to go there with Leeds United as a reporter many many years ago in my uh, early radio uh, early radio days, and uh, it was uh, it was it was a glorious experience. But, uh, yeah, but, but as you say, they got what they deserved um, in terms of spending ridiculous money on, on, on rubbish players. But Huddersfield haven't done that, and um, but I'd like to see them bounce back. The Tottenham problem is... Tottenham? Is the Arsenal problem, isn't it? Because mm. even though Arsenal said, oh, yeah, the ground's paid for, obviously it wasn't. Mm. It needed paying for. And the Tottenham ground needs... Got you can't build that... <clears throat> Out of your kitty, can you? Because that, that has cost a lot of pennies. No, but Tottenham Hotspur, uh, basically, were always considered to be one of the top six sides, but they were trying to be a top six side 
with a 36,000 capacity. And um, you can't do that when you're mixing it with the big boys in the, uh, in the English top flight. And so they had to build a ground that was commensurate with their ambitions, and that's what they have done. And now, basically, it's going to be um, a very, very difficult thing to, to, to get a squad good enough to play in that football ground. Which is uh, which is a problem for for the club, but you know they've got to find the money from somewhere. Unfortunately, we had a phone call from a fan. Did fan? Well, I assume it was a fan. He knew your name, so it must be a fan. Oh, is it? Oh, fill you in later. Um, it's not customs and excise, is it? No, 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 no. no you're quite safe for, for a little bit. I am on this. So moment. who's going to win then, Tottenham or Man City? I would love to see. Tottenham Hotspur win. I no, that's not what I said. I said who's going to win. Man City. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Without a doubt. Man City 2-0 tonight, probably 5-0 five nil, five nil on, 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 on aggregate, I would think. But I would love to see Tottenham win. I've always had a soft spot for Tottenham, ever since my dad took me to see uh, Tottenham Hotspur play at Elland Road, uh, because I, I loved Pat Jennings. And you know, it's, it's, it's a story worth sticking with because <laughs> my dad took me 13 miles from our house in Bradford to Elland Road in pea soup fog in the days when you got pea soupers. We couldn't see the end of the bonnet on the car and we eventually got there. It took us about three hours to do 13 miles. And then we only saw Pat Jennings for one half because obviously you couldn't see the other end of the ground. But it was still great to see the great man. And, and, and Tottenham Hotspur... Just a, a fantastic football club, but it must be so frustrating. I've got two Tottenham stories. Yeah? Um, Forrest tended to have the hoodoo over them, really, um, in, in in the big games especially. And um, I think it was at the League Cup, and they drew at City Ground, and they went, or it could, might even have been the semi-final second leg, um, at White Hart Lane. I mean, we're all traipsed down there on a Sunday afternoon and Amanda was with us and she couldn't be 10, 11 years old at the time. And that was the day when the IRA um, decided to announce that there was a bomb in the ground. Yeah? So all the Tottenham fans and all the Forest fans had to stand, wait outside the ground for about three hours after, until the police had done their bit. Um, and I remember because there was wooden seats and Amanda would not sit down or match in case there was a bomb under the seat. <laughs> <laughs> she refused point blank to sit down. <laughs> we looked under the seat and we checked, but my darling daughter refused point blank to sit down in case there was a bomb under there. And the second time we played them in, um, I'm sure it was Tottenham, in um, the FA Cup and it was somewhat snowy conditions. And we decided, um, because the A52 at Radcliffe was obviously not moving very much, we would go home the country way. And it was snowing. All past midnight we got home. <laughs> <laughs> what a cracking decision that was. Well, Tottenham Hotspur featuring a, a family uh, moment for, for us in that we went to uh, go... We went to meet up with my uh, uh, aunt, mum, dad and Auntie Mary. They, they came from Bradford. We, we went over from Newark and we met up in Blackpool and had uh, three or four days there on holiday. Um just a sort of impromptu thing uh, and it was at the time when I was reporting on Notts County for the advertiser 
and um, Notts County were playing against Tottenham Hotspur in the League Cup and uh, we the, the we just left the shadow of Blackpool Tower when the kids started going are we there yet are we there yet are we there yet and it was a nightmare journey across Snake Pass because it was torrential rain pretty foggy and you just couldn't see the sides of the roads going across Snake Pass and eventually with are we there yet going, going off in the background it was m mental cruelty and eventually I slung the suitcases down the hall. Lucy went into the kitchen. The kids got thrown up the stairs to bed. And I went and clicked on CFAX to see what had happened at Meadow Lane. And um, clicked on the uh, result and I shouted out to Lucy, we've got another problem. And she went, what? I said, the telly's bust. It said, Notts County 3, Tottenham Hotspur nil. But, um, you know, they've got a lot to answer for, that club. But I really, really hope that they beat Man City tonight. This may or may not work, but I'm going to try and find Adam Holland. <laughs> oh, good luck. <laughs> Radio Newark, the home of Newark Sport. Monday to Thursday, 7 to 8pm, with Mick and Tony. Newark, the home of Newark Sport. Missed one of our shows? Don't forget you can check out the podcasts and get the very latest sports news daily on our website at radionewark.co.uk. We've made contact with um, we've made contact with Devon. We're just waiting now to make contact with Adam. He's just putting his uh, doing his dad du du duties at the moment. We've talked to uh, the lady that calls herself. Um, Adam's PA, which is actually Catherine Adams' wife, bless her. She does have to put up with an awful lot. She really does. Um, so we're just waiting now to uh, hopefully um, get hold of Adam. Yeah, here he is. Here he is. Um, here he is. So I press that button and do that. The next voice you should hear is the one and only Adam Holland. Adam, good evening. Evening. Um, well done. Congratulations. Fantastic. Brilliant. Out of this world. And I can't think what else to say that nobody else has actually said it was one heck of a journey, Adam. Just a little bit. Um, made it, though. You, well, that, that was never in doubt. Um, the decision not to turn around and go back, I'm absolutely sure it was a sensible decision and it was one that you'd spent a lot of time thinking about. But to a large extent, it was actually out of your hands, wasn't it? Partly, yeah, because all the tech problems. Still had to get some more kit, really, and I'd rather do it when it's more set in stone where everything I know is perfect and ready to just go out and smash it. Because if you're going to try and do it in nine days, there is no room for anything to go wrong, is there? No, I was I was 100% certain I could have gone all the way back up, leisurely or whatever, and I could have got the there and back record. But then... I, I don't know with having to take more time off with work, would I have been allowed and stuff like that. So I was just... Yeah, you know. Sometimes you sometimes reality has to come in front of the dream. And the fact is, 
that's what happened this time. But you did John O'Groats to Land's End, and that's another one off the old bucket list. And another Definitely. massive, great trophy for your PA, as she announced herself, to um, to um, to clean every week. Um, how long will it take you to sort of regain what I would call match fitness? Uh, I have no idea. I'm sure I'm fine now. Um, well, yeah, if anybody... But it must have taken something out of you. Probably, but like I said, I have no idea until I actually go and do something. And technically, my re- next race is the London Marathon next weekend. Will you go out and do anything between the two, or will you just completely rest up? Uh, I don't know about completely rest up. I will probably go for a run or do something that's got activity in it because uh, I don't want to just do nothing and then if I can get to London or afford the bus trip or whatever and turn up and like kind of stroll around I, I do want to do pretty well if I can I'm absolutely sure that you will we'll come back to Adam Holland in a moment but you might have missed this one but uh, it was a Lincoln 10k on Sunday and your old sparring partner here at Radio Newark, Becky Gallup. Yep, I saw that she'd ran. <laughs> ran six months pregnant. I mean, yeah. she's as daft as what you are. Well, someone's got to be. <laughs> That's why you was a great partnership in here. You really was. But, that, I mean, that again in itself is, is just wonderful, isn't it, Adam? Yeah, and I'm sure someone's going to say it's going to come out running. <laughs> it's bad to, isn't it? It's we absolutely bad to. Um, very quickly then, I want the low light and I want the highlight of the last 17 days. What what was the worst part of those 17 days? Definitely being on my own for such long periods, uh, through Scotland for the nine days with no one about, and then like the, the first 30 miles of the 17 days I was on my own. And it was a real struggle, even though I knew it was the last day and the finish was in sight. As soon as someone joined me, I picked up and the pace, I don't know if you look at Strava at all, but like my fastest miles were the last two. <laughs> yes, I did see, um, I say Catherine come on and said, he's, well, please somebody join him at Penzance and uh, they, they they did. She, she's done an absolutely cracking job and, you know, she, she really has. And the highlight? Highlight would definitely have to be, the biggest bit would have to be the two schools that came out and cheered me on because uh, I know the video that people have watched brought a tear to the eye and then second to that would have to be anyone and everyone that joined me on um, different parts of the section especially running through my hometown when they all came out and absolutely cheered me on and that was uh, amazing too the, the, the videos of um, you going through Tavistock did, did look um, did, did look very good Adam yes Hopefully they'll let me turn on the Christmas lights this year. <laughs> <laughs> ah, now that is stardom, isn't it? Turning on Tavistock's Christmas lights. <laughs> you know you've made it when you can do that. Something I've wanted to do for a long time, just as long as I juggle. <laughs> um, I, you wasn't the only one that finished on that day, because uh, uh, nope. uh, um, just tell me about the other lad. So the other lad was called Calvin. Originally there was five of us who started, and... One pulled out on day four, and next one five, the third one on six. But Calvin was doing it slightly different. He was doing it self-supported. So basically he was carrying all his own 
uh, food and water, and the Land Rover was only carrying his kit from hotel to hotel, and so I was the only one getting like food and drink from the, the Land Rover all the way down, and he he had a really bad day for, when we got to Oakhampton because obviously his kit, kit got all wet, my kit all got wet. I don't think it dried in time, so he was late leaving in the morning. He didn't finish till uh, 20 past 12, I think it was, at night when we when he got to Oakhampton. And he then had to try and get going again at like 5 in the morning. And it was just, he had a right bad time and then still managed to get start the next day and then get down to Land's End about uh, half 11 at night. So he made the cut-off time of uh, midnight on the 17th day. Brilliant. So I, I really wanted to see him finish, but I had I was with my kids, so I, I made sure I watched the tracker to watch him come in and make sure he was coming in. Because at one point, people thought he'd uh, stopped because his tracker kind of stopped at the train station, but what had happened is the battery had died, and Steve went out and took him a spare tracker to make sure that he, obviously we could still follow him and make sure where he was. But he gone in in time, so both of you did it. Yes, Adam, so absolutely fantastic. Um, have a good week. Back with the family, and that's um, probably the third highlight as well, isn't it? Because you've got you, you're back with the family. Yes, um, the last few days ago, it's been really good. Enjoy the London Marathon. We'll catch up with you after that. If you're ever in and around Newark, all of you, open invitation to come into the studio. We'd love to see you all again. Um, and we're going to keep in touch with you because I can assure you the whole of Newark was following yeah, what yeah. you was doing and cheering you on. And Becky keep running. And Becky keep <laughs> running as well. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Adam. Thanks. Thanks, mate. Bye-bye. Well Thanks. done. The wonderful, the fantastic, the remarkable... The bonkers. The bonkers. Adam Holland. Um, what else can you say? It's just a remarkable achievement, and to be able to say that you've actually run the length of the country, or the length of Britain, yeah. that is absolutely amazing. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's an astonishing feat. Even though, for another day, when we've got more time, there is an argument that it should run from north to south, not north to west. And on that note... She, yeah, I suppose so, yeah. yeah. Well, it should be, shouldn't it? It should be north to south. <laughs> <laughs> for his striders report, Graham. good evening. Yeah, good evening. Yeah, I've been following him keenly, actually, yeah, for the last, uh, last couple of weeks with his, uh, his uh, sort of amazing achievements coming down from John Grooks to, to Land's End. And, yep, I've been following it through the miracles of uh, social media and everything, uh, uh, tracking his progress all the way. And, uh, yeah, I think discussion probably the best part of Valor for going back. He'll do it one day. We know Adam, so... Uh, I'm, sure, I'm sure we will do it, but I think this time, common sense actually prevailed. Yeah. So, from one marathon superstar, an existing long-standing superstar, to a new one, uh, Simon Roberts of New York Striders, who did the uh, Manchester Marathon. And 17 Striders did the Manchester Marathon last year, but just Simon there this year. But uh, he had a fantastic race. It's the second marathon, actually, not 14 minutes off his own PB. And uh, he got round the 26.2 miles in three hours, two minutes and 48 seconds. And that's the quickest time ever by uh, a New York Strider. So uh, uh, take a bow, Simon. I was talking up last week before the, uh, before the race and he delivered and a fantastic run. And he was absolutely uh, made up when I saw him on a Sunday night. 
Into other news, and uh, yeah, we've heard a bit about the Lincoln 10K already from the Twins and, uh, and otherwise in the, in the show, uh, but we had 30 Newark Striders at Lincoln out of the 4,547 finishers. It's a big old, uh, big old field that, and uh, yeah, 30 of us were, were there. And the first of us to cross the finishing line was Danielle Forty. Uh, she got a new uh, PB, 43 minutes and 29 seconds. And that was the first of 17 PBs. And I can't really read out all the 30 striders, all, all the 17 PBs, but I'll pick a few. Second finish was our first man. That was uh, Richard for 44 minutes and two seconds. Again, that was the first of the best time. Um, uh, I was the fourth strider to finish and the 645th uh, finisher in the race. Uh, 46 minutes uh, and 21 seconds, so I was delighted with that. Um, Michael Hancock, he did his first... Um, 10k, uh, first 10k race, and a, a new new member of New York Striders, his wife, uh, Bev, uh, we've had plenty about Bev's news in the past, she's um, been racing for years with New York Striders, and uh, does the Canicross running as well, but Michael, that's husband, uh, he's 51 minutes and uh, 49 seconds, Linda Madden, 52 minutes and 7 seconds, and the biggest smile of the day, I think, was uh, Heather Green, uh, she's been uh, trying quite Hard for a long time to get under the magical hour mark for the 10K. So Heather got a fantastic new PB of 59 minutes, uh, 38 seconds, and was absolutely delighted. Katie Gabitas, uh, one hour, two minutes and 42 seconds for a uh, another PB. And Nikki Padgett. Nikki's been on the injury list for a little while, since uh, before Christmas, really. And it's great to see her uh, back running again and back, uh, back in the race. So an hour and two minutes for... Uh, for, for Nikki, a fantastic return. Dennis Wall, familiar name in local sport, more for refereeing and in football scene, but Dennis uh, got a PB as well in the 10K, one hour, four minutes, and uh, 53 seconds. So well done, Den. Uh, Tracy Mayfield, one hour, eight minutes, and 49 seconds for a new PB, and Alex Doy. Alex doesn't uh, race uh, very often at, uh, at 10K, maybe once or twice a year, but she's one of the busiest uh, leaders in the club and has uh, been pivotal in the successful recent uh, Stepping to Striders programme. So great to see you racing on Sunday in aid of Macmillan Cancer Sport, uh, Alex, and well done on PB, one hour, ten minutes and uh, fifty seconds. Uh, away from the uh, uh, Lincoln 10K, we had Emma Gilbert in the 14.5 kilometre peak spring series, the second of uh, second race in this series at Grindleford. Grindleford it was at the weekend, one hour, twenty nine minutes for Emma, and that was enough, uh, fast enough for a, a gold uh, time award. And we had uh, park runs at Newark, Bakewell, um, Colic, and uh, Delamere, and, uh, and Lincoln. I've got my own little uh, 10K, uh, Becky Gallup 10K story. I found myself, out of the 4,500 odd runners, I found myself just before the start standing right next to Becky. And it's, it says there's a lot of runners there, and it gets quite congested in the first bit of the race. And I thought, let's stick with Becky. Nobody's going to get in the way of a pregnant lady, and I will avoid all the bumping and barging and, and tripping over each other. So it was a great plan, but I just couldn't keep up with her. She was off, uh, <laughs> off, off like a rocket. And, uh, I'll turn the mics down because we're laughing that much. Off like a cloud of, in, in a cloud of dust. Uh, but it was a great plan. It just didn't work. <laughs> so what's coming up at the weekend then? We've got uh, actually a lot of marathon action, really. We've got 13 New York Striders running in the Paris Marathon. So very glamorous. Uh, event over there. We would have been at 15, we've had a couple of people who have had to drop out of com- taking part in the race um, because they picked up little injuries and things like that and haven't uh, been able to, 
do all the training that they like. So we'll be thinking of them as we go around because I'm one of the people who's uh, running the Paris Marathon. So I'll definitely be telling you all about that one next week. And we've also got the uh, uh, Boston Marathon in Lincolnshire. Now, five new striders taking part in that, including uh, a couple of the uh, sort of real marathon speedsters in the club. We've got uh, uh, Chris Young and Lewis uh, Hopkinson taking part in that. So I just wonder if they'll have a, an eye on uh, Simon's uh, sort of new time they set over the weekend, and possibly even uh, Mark Jackson, who's in Paris, he might have a, have a little eye on that TV as well. <laughs> I don't know. Getting competitive. I don't know, maybe it's just me uh, talking it up, but, uh, yeah. It's, uh, oh, no, no, talk it up. It's a friendly competition, you can't beat it. You can't, not at all. When, when do you go off to Paris? Uh, we're, we're on various... People are going over at sort of various times in the next few days. Um, me and my family are going over uh, sort of towards the end of the week, and we'll be uh, probably tiring ourselves out going up and down the Eiffel Tower and things like that, and uh, <laughs> be too tired to do the marathon. Yeah. Uh, Eurostar? Uh, yep, definitely. Um, I'm a star, did you say? Sorry, the phone line... You are a star, yes. Oh, you, you, yes. Yeah, you, you're a star, definitely, yeah. I'll be going over on that. Adam Olin, Becky Gallup and Granwell. Should be your, yep. your week to be the biggest star next week when, when you've smashed that Striders yep. Marathon That's record. A fine, fine, fine company, that. <laughs> Enjoy, have a great weekend and have a great run, all of you. Thank you very much. Thank Bye you, we'll, we'll talk to you next week. Right. Bye-bye. Off to Paris. Striders take over Paris. What could go wrong? Yeah, he's on his own on the Eiffel Tower. I don't like heights or towers. So, uh, he went to Blackpool. Yeah, but I've only been up the tower once. It was terrifying. I think it was about five. <laughs> I think the tower was still around then. Was it built? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'd even please know tomorrow night it's strictly the Mick and Tony. That's going to be interesting. <laughs> I've heard of them. We've kept off tomorrow night subjects, completely kept off, because um, obviously what happens tonight is going to be one subject mm. um, for tomorrow night. We're going to look at it a little bit more. Who do you think will win? I think Manchester City will win. But tonight? Over two legs. Yeah. It could well be a draw, or Tottenham might even scrape a single goal victory, but over the two legs, that's all that matters. I think Man City will win. I think Liverpool will beat Porto. Um... And that sets up for the Liverpool-Barcelona semi-final, because I don't think Manchester United will beat Barcelona. Um, and City will play the winners of Juventus and whoever they're playing. Um, Juventus. So that'll be Juventus. So City-Juventus, Barcelona, Liverpool. As I said to you last year, and I'm not a Liverpool fan by any stretch of the imagination, I do think they are seem to be well-equipped for this this competition. And it wouldn't surprise me to see them go... A long way. You could even end up with a Liverpool-Man City Cup final. Yeah, that that would be the ideal scenario, wouldn't it? In terms of Barcelona is not not the team that they are. Messi is the player that he was, but you've got to. If these managers that we've got around here are supposed to be as good as they reckon they are, you've got to stop Messi playing, haven't you? Yeah. It's um, it's, it's very interesting scenario when you've got one player that the team relies on so much. Juventus have got Ronaldo, Barcelona have got Messi. I mean, the easiest thing in the world is to say, that's the man that you stop, but we'll see. But I think over the two legs, City will be too strong for Tottenham. They should be too strong for Tottenham. Yeah, yeah. 
but uh, Liverpool will be too strong for Porto. That, 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 as I say, I think the the, the storyline underpinning the whole thing is whether or not um, Pochettino shows himself to be as good a manager as. But this is going to go back to where is. we was last week and where we're going to go again and again and again. Managers these days, and it winds me up. Oh, well, it's not his team because we haven't had a transfer window. What's the word manager? I mean, I've got a school teacher who's just walked in the studio. So manager <laughs> means you manage what you've got. Yeah. You make them into better footballers. Not wait for the next transfer window to spend another £100 million. Make the footballers that you've got into better players. Like Clough did. Like Shankly did. Like Bill Nicholson did. All the great managers. But, but the thing is, as I said last Christ, week... Jock Steen even made a Scottish team European champions. Yeah, but uh, uh, as I said last week, the things that managers have got have had in those days that they don't have these days is time. Agreed. And Agreed. It's, it's such a precious commodity because they haven't got time to bring young players through because the, 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 their success is qualified by the here and now results. No, I don't. I don't disagree with the time thing, and that—that's just chairman who seem to want everything straight away. But a bloke I've got a great deal of time for, Stuart McCall. Uh, his last managerial job was uh, Scunthorpe United. Uh, he was—he uh, was manager of the month in January. He was sacked in March. There you go. You know, it's, that's uh, that, that's modern football management. Don't say, don't say much for the long term ability of Craig Roach and Steve Kirkham when they've got me playing at left back on Saturday. <laughs> Are they going to be there come Monday night? I can't wait for that. Will we be talking to Craig Roach on Monday night? Well, I'll I'll, I'll drive you there and um, I'll, I'll bring some grapes to the hospital before I drive home on my own then. I can cope. I can cope. <laughs> no problem. Best left back flow serves ever had since Pete Pacey. <laughs> right! That's before your time and you wouldn't understand. I certainly don't understand Mick Bradley and Pacey in the same sentence, no. T tomorrow night, me and him's going to bicker away for yet another hour <laughs> and on Thursday night we're both going to sit back and say absolutely nothing. Oh, yes. When the greatest sportsman that Newark's ever known is coming to Sport HQ. William Henry dusty hair is coming into this studio and i'm already a quiver about it because i just cannot wait talking to superstars talking of heroes stuart preston stuart preston's on that you've got it you're catching up on this <laughs> bye bye <laughs>